All right, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sports Bears from an Agent's Perspective. All right, you're with your host, uh, Zila, a.k.a. Chester Mbekela. And uh, yeah, episode number 67, man. We keep going, we keep climbing. You know, time keeps moving on. Um, but always excited, man, to bring you guys sporting content. All right, today we're back to talking um, nothing but football. Um, last episode, we yeah we dived into the rugby space again uh, when we had our guest Luzu Govulindlu. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode, man. Um, you know, it's always great to hear a person's journey about their come up, and man, his journey was it was a very I don't want to call it too unique, but you know, there are things that he was able to achieve so earlier on in his life that you're like wow you know um especially like when you're talking about rep teams that he was able to play for um again in my you know 34 years of existence um i've never heard of a person playing like under 13a rugby three years in a row you know you could just so from you know just like stories like that you could just tell that you know, this brother was destined, you know, to be basically become a professional athlete and to excel the way that he did. Um, and then again, you know, getting two contracts, like a pro cricket contract and a professional rugby contract after leaving school. That's something special. Um, but he's not the first. Um, I think, which other players did I ever hear had like two sporting contracts? I know Skalk Berger apparently also had a, a cricket contract with a rugby contract when he finished school. Um, I think Herschel Gibbs was also another two-sport athlete because I think he even played Craven Week um, for Western Province and stuff like that. So I think he was another one that were that could have gone, you know, either direction between rugby and cricket. Um, so yeah, it was it was amazing, man, and I hope you guys enjoyed that content. Um, it was really great, and thank you again to Luzu of Lindlu, um, who gave us his time. To have a chat with us. Anyway, this is not what the podcast is all about. So sorry for the rambling. It's just um, I'm always so thankful when someone gives me their time. Um, and I try my best to always do the episode justice. Okay, so as I said, today is a totally football episode. But before we go deep into that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. I know, you know, from my personal experience, man, when I was an athlete, when I was a player, you know, there'd be times I would go through, you know, feelings of like stress and anxiety, you know, stress to perform, you know, stress to play well, to make sure you play for that next contract. And, you know, I really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations and just have an objective party to talk to. All right. BetterHelp, man, it's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. You're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, online environment at your convenience. So it's literally therapy um, wherever you may be, you know. Um, There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access 
to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Imagine that, under 48 hours. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions and then uh, plus you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using a platform um, like BetterHelp, again, you know, is just their response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then. You know, my therapist, uh, Mark, is so efficient um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. All right, and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the current, like the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you. All right, so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist. You can actually request to change. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. Right? That's betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. E-K-E-L-A, Bekela. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, and welcome back. Um, As I said before the break, that today we'll actually be talking um, professional soccer. And when I say professional soccer, I definitely mean um, the J-League, all right? So for those, you know, tuning in for the first time to the podcast, um, I am um, a football agent, soccer agent based in Japan. So when I talk about, you know, soccer on the podcast, I try to keep it to where I am. You know, not to say that I don't follow other leagues, um, <clears throat> excuse me, other leagues like in the United Kingdom, you know, Europe basically doesn't say that I don't follow the MLS. In fact, I follow the MLS quite, um, I don't want to say religiously, but I'm very interested in um, professional soccer in the US. All right. So um, with that being said, um, basically what I do is, as I said in previous episodes, when we do the recap, I identify you know, four games. It could be four, it could be five, sometimes even six. It depends how I feel. Just notable games that I witness during the weekend, and then I basically, you know, comment on them and what I thought, you know, in terms of performance. So I'm just having some water. Um, significance, and just all round, um, you know, football display. You know, the product that is displayed on the day. Okay, all right, so. The first game that we're going to look at, and this is mostly post, you know, the whole transfer window um, drama that happens every year. Um, We're going to talk about the games that went down, you know, as a recap of the J-League. 
All right, and the focus will be on J1 League teams. Okay, so uh, first game that we're going to look at is Nagoya Grampus from Aichi versus Kawasaki Frontal from Kanagawa, Japan. And um, yeah, this um, it was always going to be an interesting game, you know, um, especially because of the fact that, I mean, both teams made significant um, transfers. Most of the transfers that happened, um, as I said on my blog, when I talked about the transfer window, and you can go actually go check it out um, on our you know, agency website and Athlete Social Network. So to get back to my point, so what I talked about on the blog is the fact that nine, a good 90% of the transfers that happened you know, within the J-League, whether it be J1, J2, or J3, were basically local, you know. Um, teams are still very cautious about, you know, player expenditures, especially getting expensive players from the overseas market, you know. They were just hell-focused on just making sure that, all right, if we're going to make, let's say, significant and expensive transfers, let them be local. And when you actually think about it, it was... That is one of the most cost-effective strategies, you know, that a team can go for. And not to say that the teams struggle for money. <laughs> I promise you, the teams do not struggle for money. Um, in fact, you know, during the whole COVID era, um, the sponsors actually, you know, made sure, you know, to, to finance the teams and make sure that you know, the teams are very much um, fluid in terms of, you know, income and fluid in terms of um you know cash flow you know so the teams definitely had cash but i just think for them they would rather spend less on overseas transfers and get actually more players locally and that's actually what ended up happening you know every single team in fact some teams didn't even recruit overseas you know avispa for example avispa fukuoka they didn't even go to the overseas market all their transfers were local you know so and then all the other teams would maybe acquire like one guy from abroad or at most two guys you know urawa reds <laughs> they were the big spenders man they made it rain in this transfer period because they i think out of all the teams they made the most um overseas transfers and we're actually going to talk about them because they do feature in one of the games um that were notable for um, this recap of the J-League fixtures But first up was Nagoya versus Frontal um, Obviously the notable omission in the Frontal lineup was uh, Damiao Who I suspect is probably out with an injury um, During the season he's, you know, he's had his ups and downs I think he's had a few niggles um, And you could tell in some games that he was kind of forcing you know, The whole thing of playing But I think as we get into the latter, you know, end of the season, I think the teams want to make sure that when he does return, he's 100% because it's crunch time now, you know. It's crunch time for all the teams and teams need to make sure that they're firing on all cylinders, you know. No more excuses. The transfer window afforded many teams to get reinforcements where they needed to. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's hit or miss, you know. It's hit or miss. This time of the season is hit or miss. Everyone is hitting their peak. Um, so you, you can't take any games as easy games, basically. 
So, I mean, with the notable omission being Damiao um, out, Kawasaki were looking a bit... Um, they looked a little bit weakened up front, you know, even though, you know, Marcinho and the other winger on the right winger and basically the attacking midfielders, they did their best, you know, to, to really push the team to get on the front foot. Nagoya, on their end, you know, this season, they've also, yeah, they've, they've been very inconsistent. There's been games where, you know, you thought that, okay, you know what, Nagoya is looking like um, a team that looks like they want to play this season. But at no point during the season did I ever think that they were going to be possible, you know, um, league contenders. I think they're just in the J1 to say, hey, look, we're in the J1. Um, we're playing decent football. We get wins. We, you know, we lose some games. But hey, we're here. And we want to make sure that we're here next season again. So, yeah, they've kind of always been in the middle. Um, so going into this game, Frontal were definite fa- uh, favorites. But, yeah, they, I think the, them being weakened by not having their star striker, it definitely evened out the playing field because Nagoya were able to draw a bit of confidence from that. And I mean, they played um, exceptional football, you know. Um, the game eventually ended in a one-all draw. Both teams scored phenomenal goals. Um, but in terms of the general play during, you know, during the game, I would say it was evenly matched, you know. I think after 30 minutes in the first half of watching Kawasaki Frontal, I could definitely tell that they were weakened up front. Um, they've got a very strong defense, so I wasn't worried about them at the back. It was one of those where you're like, I wonder if, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, just pull it off up front um, and just get the win, you know. But obviously, Nagoya were able to capitalize on Damiao's um, absence and just really, you know, do their best to apply pressure, you know. Um, but all in all, I would say it was a satisfactory game, you know, um, I don't think there's anything to be concerned. I think both teams are, you know, trying to let um, the newbies sort of settle into the team culture and trying to let the newbies basically, yeah, catch their stride, you know. Um, I definitely see an up, an upward, um, an upward swing for both teams. I think as the matches carry on and leading up to, you know, the final games that will be around November, December, I think we're going to be seeing, you know, um, well-settled transfers doing their thing, basically. All right. And then leading on to game two. All right. Game two was Kyoto Sanga versus Yokohama F. Marinos. Um, In this game, I think Kyoto Sanga were a little bit weakened as well because I didn't see Pita Utaka. Now, I'm not going to mention, you know, injuries and everything because I'm not sure. Maybe he could be dropped or he's being rested. But I didn't see him on the lineup. You know? And I mean, no lies. He has been one of the instrumental figures in the Kyoto Sanga. You know, Kyoto Sanga have been giant killers. You know, in their first season in the J1 League. Like, they've never looked out of place, man. They just slotted in. And they've just been doing their thing. You know, they've been taking it one game at a time, which is admirable. Um, They're not a flashy team. And you can tell 
that they kept most of their players from last season. Like they came up with a lot of their players from the J2. And I mean, I know I've said this before in previous podcasts when I was talking about um, Kyoto Sanga, but I definitely do believe that um, they, you know, they, they've just done so well in leading the men that they have into battle and just doing their thing, you know. And then Yokohama F. Marinos. Um, with them, I mean, these guys, look, they are a dangerous outfit. They're extremely dangerous because, um, I mean, they're definitely the league contenders for the season. You know, they're definitely the league contenders. And I think for them, it literally is about just stamping their authority. That's all they want to do. Is to stamp their authority and just to announce to the world that by you know by by any means they do want to walk away as the league winners for this year. You know, never mind the fact that when they played <laughs> the top of the table clash against um Kawasaki Frontal, they lost that battle. But you know, that's all in the past. They looked dangerous on attack, you know. Um yeah, their their defense was also on point. Um, they, you know, it was no surprise that they scored first. You know, with an exceptional header from a set piece. You know, Marcos Junior is showing amazing form, amazing form, and I do think that um, he'll be one of the players that are instrumental in um, in ensuring that if Marinos, you know, could possibly lift that trophy. At the end of the year, you know, at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I mean, they scored. So they were able to score a second goal unanswered. So they scored like two unanswered goals. Um, and at some point you thought that, okay, maybe this game is probably going to end in a 2-0 win. But um, Kyoto Sanga, um, this was close towards the end of the game. They were finally able to, you know, to get a goal in. A consolation goal, if you will. Um, to make it 2-1, you know. Um, the, the positive points I could definitely give Kyoto Sanga is, as much as they missed Pita Otaka up front, um, their attack was still strong, still solid on attack, and their defense was also pretty good, you know. A team like F Marinos, they're one of those where if you give them, you know, enough steam, they will really steamroll you. You know, they're one of those teams that once they catch their stride, once they get that confidence, then they can really embarrass you on the day. Because, you know, they got so much Brazilian firepower up front. Um, they got the striker who transferred, who was first at Considor, went to China Super League and then came back to Japan. Um, so they've got him and then they've got, you know, some of the new transfers, some guys who transferred from um, Yokohama FC in the J2 and we're now playing for F Marinos as well. So they've reinforced in such a strategic way that you're like, all right, this is a team that is hell-bent on taking the league at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still too early to tell. We'll see how they do. But, you know, um, I'm counting on them because I like, I like their strategy. I like their game plan. They play a very fast game. Um, and like I say, in the midfield with Marcos Jr. Um, as an attacking midfield and just really leading that midfield pack and um, their fire Brazilian striker. 
you know, I think the combination of their attacking force um, is what will get them, you know, to the finish line. But then again, we'll see how things go because as I, you know, as I've said in the blogs and in some of the podcast episodes, every single team now is reaching that peak phase, especially when they're fielding um, teams um, consistently, like the same guys, you know, guys aren't out with niggles and injuries. Um, so the more games that they're playing, the better they're becoming and the more synchronized they're becoming as a, as a side as well. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, man. Um, this part of the season always excites me. It honestly does because you get a sense of urgency from all the teams. And that's what you want to see, you know. The peak phase, man, it, everyone's peaking mentally, everyone's peaking physically. So, yeah, if Marinos are looking pretty good after that um, transfer window period. So congratulations to them on their successful transfers. I think these reinforcements are definitely going to give them the extra firepower to get there. All right, so looking at game number three. So game number three was uh, FC Tokyo versus Vissel Kobe. (laughs) So on the other hand, you've got, you know, um, a team that at times they've looked very dangerous, but then at other times, shocking, you know, versus the team that's been all-time shocking during the season, you know. Um, and again, no disrespect to the legend who, who usually laces up for the team, Andre Iniesta, who plays for Vissel Kobe. But um, I do think the old legend, you know, the legend has seen his best days. Um, I don't think he's going to be back next season. I think he might just start falling into a more coaching role. Um, but we'll see. You know, maybe he'll want to end off on a higher note um, than he did this season. But um, funny enough, he didn't start that game. That's why I'm like, maybe they're, they're starting to phase him out. Because he's not a spring chicken. He's definitely not a spring chicken. But, you know, the old legs still have some... They still have some skill left in them. Because there's been games where you're like, nah, Iniesta... He's still got it, you know. All right, so in looking at FC Tokyo, on attack, they weren't looking too threatening. You know, they were missing some crucial goals. Um, they were looking a little bit flat, you know. They, they really were looking a little bit flat. I don't know if it's because maybe they're star players, man, they're enjoying that Tokyo life way too much, but... You know, some of their stars are looking a little bit bodgy, like a little bit out of shape, you know. And for me, it's no excuse because as a football player, as a soccer player, you know, soccer is such um, a cardiovascular sport. It's definitely more cardiovascular than, um, than rugby, you know. There's a lot more running in professional soccer. So I would, have, I would think that in general, soccer players have to be lean. Doesn't matter if you're a striker and you're a powerful striker, you have to be lean because you've got to get up and down the field. It's 100 meters, you know, and you're not running, you're not just jogging. You are literally, most of the time on a soccer field, you're running at 60 to 75% of your full speed. Obviously, when you're a striker, you're running at top speed when, you know, they give you a through ball. You know, so I was a little bit disappointed at, you know, some of the conditioning of the players 
Um, and that's why I'm saying up front, they were looking a little bit flat. Some of the players were looking a little bit, you know, huffing and puffing type of thing. And you're like, but you guys just got reinforcements. You know, but hopefully they'll pick it up. Um, again, it's a transitional period for the new players, for the new transfers. So um, we'll give them time to adjust. And uh, like I'm saying, man, FC Tokyo, it's a team that I want to see win. I want to see these guys do well because, again, they bear the name of the capital city of Japan. It's a big responsibility. You've got to get those W's, you know, got to get those W's. And obviously, they are one of the biggest brands in um, the J-League. So again, it's a sense of responsibility that they need to live up to the brand. Any team that has, um, you know, that is well-branded, I expect nothing but greatness from them, you know. Because at some points, honestly, in their attack, they did... Like they did show a bit of lack of strategy. Like they would get up front and then it would be like some of the players don't know how to link up with the others. Like you get guys that are going to, you know, try solo efforts, try this, try that. But it's like they weren't really finding their rhythm much. Like I'm saying, it could be because some of the guys are new transfers. So I give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But um, they got to get it together. You know, they had a few close calls. You know, from the well-established guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was unlucky. And Vissel Kobe actually ended up winning the game. You know, they won the game. Um, they won the game 1-0, man. No, sorry. They actually won 2-0. You know, their first goal was... Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was just um, good linking from the players. And then their second one was from a set piece, from a corner kick. And, you know, because they were just applying pressure the whole game, they were able to head home and score. So very good game. And then the last game would be Urawa Reds versus Cerezo. Again, Urawa having made most... They made the most purchases in the transfer period. So you would at least expect um and and when i say they made the most purchases they weren't buying like cheap guys you know they were able to get some reinforcements from european markets man that you know came at a price yes some of the players were returning you know japanese players but still because they've been spending time playing in europe they're no longer the same players anymore so you count them almost as like foreign players coming in and Urawa spent the most. I think in total, like overseas transfers, they spent about, they transferred about seven guys from overseas. Some Japanese, some European, some Brazilian. You know, so we expect nothing but the best when you're going to make transfers like that. Yes, the guys need to be given time to adjust, just like we mentioned for FC Tokyo, but we expect greatness. We expect big things. You know, Cerezo, on the other hand, man, they, uh, they, played a, they played a high-paced game, you know. I really think them being the, quote-unquote, second team of Osaka after, you know, Gamba, they feel like they've always got a point to prove, you know. And I like that about them. Like, it shows a little bit of dog in them. 
So in this game, they scored first, you know. Um, and even though the game ended in a 1-0 win for Cerezo, I like their style of play because they never took their foot off the pedal. It was pedal to the metal, man, until the end of the game. They just kept the pressure coming. And that's what you want to see from a team that's got something to prove. You know, they looked dangerous all game. And they're actually one of the teams as well who didn't really recruit overseas. Most of their recruits were local. In fact, yeah, I think Cerezo and Avispa Fukuoka were the only two teams that didn't go overseas for transfers. Obviously, they got overseas players in the local transfer market, like guys playing for other teams um, who were transferring. They were able to get those kind of guys. Otherwise, they didn't go look overseas. And for Cerezo to be playing like this is truly impressive. You know, I hope at the end of the season, people don't count Cerezo as the quote-unquote second team to Gamba. Because, hey man, they've already downed Gamba. They've beaten Gamba Osaka. So, eh, <laughs> in retrospect, you'd actually say that they're kind of the number one team of Osaka right now. And I just like their fighting spirit, man. They don't have any notable superstars. There's nothing special about this team. But I like that they've got dog in them. You know, they play high-intensity football. And you could just tell that they were on a hunt for a win. You know, and I usually say this, man, to professional athletes, professional sports teams that I, that I you know, interact with. I say this to GMs that you will never know how lethal you are as a team or as an athlete until you're desperate for the win or you're fighting for the win. And it's not that these guys are facing relegation. No, I just think that they want to establish themselves as a well-respected footballing brand within Japan soccer. And that's what you want to see. That's what you love to see. That's what you buy tickets. That's what you pay to see. You know. So yeah, so shout out to them. And uh, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations to them on that win. Um, that was a great display of football. Very impressive. And um, I definitely feel that, you know, from it's, they're definitely on an upward curve as well, an upward swing. You know, they're hitting their peak very well. The players are gelling well. So in all honesty, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to follow how they do for the rest of the season. Because like I said, these guys have a point to prove. All right, so that is pretty much the recap, um, you know, of the J-Leagues. And um, yeah, so before I go, man, I just want to, you know, just make a special announcement that, you know, MAG, Mbekela Agency Group, you know, um, MAG Sports Agency Athlete Network, we have basically ventured into the gaming space and esports space. All right. So if you're a person who's an avid gamer and you love video games, please do check out um, our Game Center tab on our website. You'll see it as soon as you're on the homepage. You'll see it on the when you look towards the right hand side of the screen, you will see Game Central. Um, yeah. So do best, man. Subscribe and become a member of that page and you can have unlimited access to playing the video games that are on there. We've created and launched three video games. Um, 
we're going to bring more entertainment on that page as well. So yeah, if you're a person who loves games and entertainment, I definitely urge you to, you know, um, subscribe and um, yeah, become a paying subscriber, man. It's, um, it's definitely not expensive subscription. You know, I'm monetizing the page, full disclaimer. Um, so yeah, but it, it, it'll, it'll definitely be worth your while. The price is $10.44 and you have unlimited access to the games and all forms of entertainment that will be available on the page. All right. So that is, yeah, Game Central. So the games we have on there, we've got MAG um, Skateboard Adventure, all right, which is a nice, cool skateboarding game about a kid skateboarding in the city streets and stuff. There's the police trying to stop him. And you basically have to collect as many spray cans as possible to get a high score. And then the second game is Alien Invaders. Um, because I'm a person who's always loved like fantasy type of games, you know, I like I like things to do with like fiction and fantasy. So Alien Invaders is about just um, aliens invading Earth, and this guy basically shooting these aliens. You know, very simple game. And then the last game is Bottomless Jungle, which is about a guy again who's in the safari, he's in the jungle, and you just basically got to navigate to uh, you know through the jungle. What inspired me for this game was basically uh, Mario Brothers because it's, it's almost like a s similar setting where you got to run, jump, make sure you don't fall because it's a bottomless jungle. If you fall, you die. Game over. Start again. You know. So this is just our way of entering the gaming space because again, like I'm saying, I've loved video games since I was a kid, you know. Um, and I always have such special memories growing up in the town that I grew up in Mtata, where before I hit my teenage years, pre, you know, when I was a preteen, myself um, and some of my good friends, Anati, Mbuke, Bulelani Mbuke, um, and my cousin, Ulundi, Masindwa, like December, like, December holidays, we knew that it was just video games all December. So this would be around the times of 1999, December, 2000, December, 2001, December. And then obviously, once we hit our teen years, we started developing different interests. You know, guys started doing other stuff, you know, hanging out with different friends. Not that we lost our friendship, but we just got into different things. I got um, into sports, like hectically. That's when I started, you know, going hard at the rugby and everything. You know, other guys you know, you know, started chasing after girls and stuff like that and stuff like it. So, um, like I'm saying, we all developed different interests as we grew into our teens. But when I moved to Japan, man, it, it, it really reawakened my love for video games and for gaming. And because of that, you know, I wanted to get into the gaming and esports space, but I knew I couldn't do it as a player because I'm like, well, uh, I'm a couple of years too late. I mean, I like playing video games, but obviously not to go pro just as a pastime because it, it relaxes me. But um, yeah, and then I, I read this book, man, that changed my life last year. Ch well, changed my view and just opened up my mind. And I basically found out, yeah, that one of the ways to get into the gaming and esports space is to become a game creator and publisher. I was like, all right, so how do I do that? And again, when something interests me, I start to research it. And then I found 
great, you know, um, video game building platforms. And then I just, I got to it. I got creative and I created these three games, man. And I'm so proud of myself. Um, and like I'm saying, I've got the demo videos on our website. So you can check for yourself if it's something that you'd like to do. Um, but yeah, do check it out, man. Video games, they are the future. Esports is the future. You know? But anyway, yeah. So that's a little uh, project that I've been working on that I, that I thought I'd just share with you guys over here. Um, and again, no pressure, man. If you're not into video games and you don't want to be a paying subscriber, hey, I understand. Then follow the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, yeah. So that's pretty much um, everything. And again, just to give a special thanks to everybody who's been supporting the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate everything, um, you know, that, that, that you do to support the podcast. Um, and you can keep supporting the podcast by either um, donating on our um, agency website. Um, I'll make sure to drop the link below. Or you can purchase our podcast merch. And again, I'll make sure to drop the link below. And before I go, don't forget, tomorrow we are having the sports agency. Or, uh, up and coming sports, sorry, not sports agency. The sports agent or scout seminar or course all right so i hope to see you guys there and um yeah so let's network man let's connect and let's discuss the business of professional sports all right so i'm about to get out of here man and thanking you guys once again um oh yeah another thing before i go so now the podcast is no longer only available on four platforms currently we're now available on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and guess what? On our agency website. All right? So if you don't have the other uh, platforms, you can actually just listen to the episode podcast now on our agency website. All right? So that is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net. All right? www.magsportsagency.net you can stream the episodes from there now so like i said so if you don't have like spotify apple google Podcasts, and anchor fm no need to worry you can just listen from the browser all right so you don't have to download any apps um but yeah thanks again man and thank you thank you thank you for all the positive um messages i always get about the podcast episodes i appreciate them and um yeah it, it's a great pleasure for me especially when i talk about japanese professional football because when i came into the space as an agent and to be giving you guys this content i realized um because most of the agents here in japan are japanese speaking so no one's creating content in english on the podcasting space so that's when i decided that you know what this is a space that i want to occupy so that people learn about just how competitive professional football is in Japan and just how enjoyable and high level the J-League competition is in Japan. And that's referring to J1, J2 and J3 respectively. All right. So shout out to you guys, man. And I appreciate um, you for the kind messages. All right. I'm really about to get out here for real now. I know I've been saying goodbye for the past five minutes. 
But thank you for listening. Um, take care of yourselves and cheers. And remember our sporting slogan, man, for this podcast. We don't only talk sports. We lived it. We effing lived it. We fucking lived it. Are you an aspiring or up-and-coming sports agent? Or are you an aspiring scout or someone who's considering in getting in the business of becoming a scout? Well, if your answer is yes to these two questions, then make sure you join our sports agent course and seminar. All right. We will be hosting a session next week, Saturday on September 17th. All right. I hope to see you guys there because during this course, we're going to cover so much content with regards to being a sports agent, what it takes to be a sports agent and what happens once you become a sports agent. All right. So our course seminar will focus around how to become a sports agent, finding and sourcing our clients, building your brand as a sports agent, learning athlete marketing methods building relationships with team front offices, packages to negotiate when uh, negotiating for your athlete client, social media training for your athlete client and yourself as an agent. All right, because especially with this step, things change once you get to that position. You can't just post anything that you feel like posting on social media if you know that it's going to affect your brand as an agent and an agency. All right, that one is very important and we're going to dive deep into that in the course. Learning about sponsorships, partnerships with brands as well. Helping athlete, your athlete client build their own brand. And then the last uh, point that we're going to cover within the course content is post-career skills advice for retiring athlete clients. All right. So that is pretty much what the agent course focuses on um, to basically receive more information on how to sign up and purchase this course. You can go to our agency website, which is www.magsportsagency.net. All right. That is www.m-a-g sportsagency.net all right so when you get on the website um, the tab will be there you can click on it click on there and then you'll find out how much the course costs all right full disclaimer the course is 100% not free all right this is um, basically my way of coaching those who want to get into the business of professional sports it wasn't free for me, so I can't make it free for you as well. All right, but jokes aside, um, we take it very seriously on this course. And I just believe that if you're someone who's either an up and coming or an aspiring agent or a scout, learning these tricks and trades will benefit you. All right, because in this agency biz, man, there are no mentors. You're basically left to figure it out for yourself. The people who have now become my mentors, I had to go and dig them out and I had to really 
approach them with a certain strategy to be able to get them to mentor me. All right. And this will also be an amazing opportunity to network. All right. So come in numbers, join the course. Let's talk about what we're passionate about which is professional sports and the business side of professional sports. All right, it doesn't matter what sport that you're passionate about. Um, this is a sports agent course, not focusing on one sport. All right, also as a scout, you can be a scout in any sport. This course is for you. You don't want to miss this. All right, and for our Japanese um, customers, we actually have amazing news. Um, we will be joined by a Japanese translator for the course. So this applies to our Japanese customers as well. So I definitely hope to see you there. Save the date, September 17th, 2022. All right, Japan time, it will be 10 p.m. But in other time zones, for example, Europe, Africa, and the US, um, the time zone difference between Japan and Africa and Europe is seven hours. And then with the US, it's between 13 and 14 hours. So I'll let you work that out. All right. I'm excited to see you guys there. Our first uh, sports agent course and seminar was a major success. So I want to keep helping aspiring agents and aspiring scouts um, to basically learn the information on how to you know, build themselves up and create a career for themselves in this agency biz and sports biz. All right. So I hope to see you there. I want to see you there. Take care of yourselves. See you soon. All right. In this segment of our podcast, we actually want to talk about and promote our client and partner, Getafe Madrid International Football Academy. Uh, this is an academy, football academy, soccer academy, that is based in Madrid, Spain. Getafe recruits players between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Players are able to learn from quality coaches from around the world, UEFA accredited and licensed coaches. Players are also afforded the opportunity to receive a quality education with the academy's partner school, Akinas American School. Right, so if players enroll with the academy and study up until they finish their diploma, they are able to obtain a diploma which is USA accredited. And when they obtain this, they are able to enroll and study at any university in the world. All right. So this is an amazing, amazing soccer opportunity for any young player who has ambitions of developing in a foreign market. Passports are open to every single individual in the world. All right. A disclaimer about this uh, promotion is that I, as a football agent that is registered in Japan, I do not represent players under the age of 18. My relationship and partnership is with the academy. All right. So with that being said, I will only liaise with parents or legal guardians of young players. So for anyone listening to this, 
and wanting to find out more information, you can find out by going to our website, which is www.magsportsagency.net. That is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net. Right. Over there, all the information is displayed in terms of tuition and the application process. Obviously, before players are accepted into the academy, um, there are certain requirements that players need to meet in order to be accepted into the academy. So only being talented as being a player, that is simply not enough. This is an academy that places an emphasis you know, um, in education as well. This is an academy that understands the importance of education as well. So what they strive to do is equip young football players with the skills they need to excel at a high level as professional soccer players, but also to have the education that is needed for life after a professional soccer career. All right. So this is an amazing opportunity and um, I would recommend it. I definitely recommend it. Madrid is an amazing city. Spain, the Spanish winters are the best winters because they don't get as cold as the rest of Europe. And this is an amazing opportunity for a young child to develop and mature as an athlete and an individual. All right. They will gain the exposure and they will be able to basically be based in one of the cities that is considered as one of the capital soccer cities of the world. You know, in the city, they've got one of the biggest football soccer brands in the world in Real Madrid. So if that doesn't inspire a young player, I don't know what will. All right. So make sure you check out the website for more information. And I look forward to hearing from parents and legal guardians who would like to take their child's um, football career and educational um, career to the next level. All right. Take care. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Right, so did you know that Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, the podcast was actually parlayed from an ebook series that is available on Amazon.com? I get I bet you I bet you guys didn't know this. But uh, yeah, that is the case. Um, so when I started my journey as a sports agent. I told myself that, you know what, I want to document this journey as it's actually happening. All right. And then that gave me the idea that, you know what, to start an ebook series and to just basically talk about my experiences um, in sort of like an ebook series. All right. So the ebook series that um, we completed last year was season one, four episodes of season one. Where basically, guys, I talk about my journey in transitioning from being um, an athlete, from being a player, to actually getting into the business side of professional sports. Right? I've always known 
that I wanted to be in the, the business of professional sports once I stopped playing, but I didn't know how. Right? I bet there's a lot of you know a lot of guys who are athletes or a lot of guys who are passionate about sports who actually want to become agents but they don't know how to become agents. Okay? This is where I recommend I recommend that you get um, my sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series. All right? That series literally details everything, man. It details um, the process and it also details on how to get started, um, you know, when you just want to open up your own shop, your own agency, how to prospect for clients. All right. And also, um, I also tell stories about the transfer window and I also tell stories about just my life in Tokyo since I've been here. All right. Trust me, there's some epic stories that you would not want to miss that are over there. But um, all that aside, the most important information that is on there is literally about how to get started as a sports agent and just how to navigate this journey. Because I don't have a mentor. No one's mentoring me in this sports agency journey. It's literally um, through trial and error and it's literally just, you know, taking it day by day and going by instincts. Okay, so make sure you get the ebook series, man. Sports Biz from an agent's perspective, ebook series. All right. Um, and I wish you guys well on your journey, man. I wish you well on your agent's journey. For any agent that's looking to come into the game, or for any sports enthusiast that's looking to come into the game, I wish you nothing but luck. Make sure you get the ebook series. <laughs> just kidding, man. But yeah, I just thought I would um, tell you guys about it because a lot of guys told me that they didn't know that my podcast was parlayed from an, um, an ebook series. All right. There was even a press release. There was even like it was also in the media as well um, because my podcast has just been catching on so much popularity here in Asia and in the African continent. And then the one person just contacted me and was like, listen, I saw sports bears from an agent's perspective on Amazon. Was this a book? I was like, yep, it was first a book before I made it into a podcast. So anyway, I thought I'd share that little story. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys go out and get it. I definitely recommend it and you won't be disappointed. Many more seasons are coming as well. All right. Cheers.